today on Laura Lynn and Friends. They don't have a place to go. It's an absolute no. humanitarian crisis. It's just wicked. We're spending all kinds of money. We're giving them cell phones. We're giving them money, literally cash money cards with money on it. They're, we're pushing veterans out of places so they can stay. It's absurd. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of The Last Days. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. We are live and uh, glad to be with you. If you're having any trouble viewing anything, always head over to Rumble. It's there going really well. Uh, but for all of you, I think, are we on Facebook today? Are we on YouTube today? Not YouTube? Why? You're not wor you're worried about our guests making trouble? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to upload uh, to YouTube later if it if it's okay. Um, so... We're, we're going to have some incredible guests. We have Kim Yeer coming up uh, with the Take Your Power Back show. She's from the United States of America, but uh, big secret, she is also Canadian. And we also have Robert Dorian. Many of you know him from uh, Eastern Canada, and he knows everything that's going on. And, and we all, always want to know the inside scoop. Um, a lot of us feeling that Canada is a bit of a mess and what we see going on in the United States is a disaster on the borders and we're also seeing that same disaster happening as our country, Canada, is taking in uh, thousands and thousands uh, of people from other countries uh, and we can't even take care of our own homeless. So you know that I love to start the show by opening my father's Bible and I came to a very interesting verse. So. This uh, page is actually sort of broken, so I have to be so careful. Like, it only has a few strands. It's literally sewn together. This Bible is so old, you know. It's leather-bound, thank goodness. But because my dad carried it everywhere, and you've seen that picture on my Facebook where I'm, I'm about six years old, and we're doing a family portrait around my dad holding this particular Bible. And then it wasn't until his death that I realized that he had spent a lot of time underlining um, pretty much every single page and pulling out little gems. So today um, it opened to Matthew 10, um, 34, 35, and 36. Now consider this very carefully, everyone, because we always think about God and Jesus is love and we need to be loving. These are the words of Christ, Jesus. This is what he said, Matthew 10, 34. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. What? thought he's like the Prince of Peace. <laughs> What's he saying? Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Um... These are incredible words, and I, I would challenge you to go and look at the context around that. But basically, when, when we're talking about righteousness and unrighteousness, good and evil, the, these are things that separate our families. And we've seen it. In the last four years, have we ever had such a division that's come between our families? As we're watching the United States literally uh, what is this going to be like? Looks like Trump is leading again, and the left is losing their ever-loving minds. <laughs> I'm having so much fun watching CNN. 
I don't know. I get a kick out of it because, you know, they hate this. They hate this, that Trump looks like he's getting back in. They thought he was the worst. They've they've tried to, you know, uh, what do you call that? Indict or impeach, impeach him twice. And then they've got all these court cases going to try to take him down. So what happens in the United States truly affects us. And, you know, um, Trudeau is going to lose his Build Back Better buddy, Biden, right? He's going to lose him. So a whole lot of things are going on. And have you seen the crisis on that border down there? Um, if a country does not have its walls, if it is not secure, if it is just, you know, open to everyone, it's not truly operating as a sovereign country. So that is what we're going to be uh, starting the show off talking about with Kim Yeeter, my guest. So Kim Yeeter, she is uh, the host of Take Your Power Back director of the National Take Our Elections Back Initiative and the core team of Take Our Border Back Convoy, which we are going to talk about. So if you can bring in Kim. And then are you also able to bring in Robert uh, on the side here? Is that how we're doing it? Yeah, because, uh, all right. So Robert Dorian is also going to join us. Hello, Kim. It's so good to see you. Hello, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having us, Laura Lynn. <laughs> it's really fun. I love getting together with people that are fighting like hell to save their countries and to bring, uh, you know, the strength of the power of the living God. I'm allowed to say hell, okay? Oh, I don't swear. I don't say anything else, Kim. <laughs> but, you know, JT's trying to keep it a clean show. Um, so Robert Dorian is a French-Canadian out of Quebec <laughs> that has been reporting various stories that the government and traditional media haven't been reporting ever since the original trucker convoy. Do you know what this means about you, Robert? You're a truth teller, aren't you? You're speaking the truth and you're letting it all out where others are not. I mean, we haven't gotten any truth from our CBC, CTV, or Global up here in Canada. His goal is to expose the government's abuse of power and overreach, informing the French Canadians about important subjects that are kept in the dark. Um, he started speaking out after realizing that the traditional media were not reporting the facts. Amen. High five. The reality of what the Canadians were experiencing was very different from what was being reported, so he stepped up to share stories that reflected what a vast majority of Canadians were experiencing during the mandates and lockdowns. And uh, it was such a pleasure to recently be with you at the Million March for, for ki kids and families and standing up against uh, the nonsense that our children are being taught. Are you doing good today, Robert? I'm doing fine. I'm, and thank you for having me on your, your show. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here. I'm really honored to have you on the show. And so this is going to be an interesting combination. And if I can start with you, Kim, uh, we are watching what's going on in the United States. And of course, on your show, uh, like um, you, you are sort of at a, a real crisis point. Millions and millions have been coming over your borders illegally and they just get mm -hmm. in. They walk in, they're being given stuff. And uh, some of the patriots down there are about to do something about it. So tell us a bit of background on that. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, yes, we are absolutely being invaded right now. And thank you, Canada, for being an example by having that Canadian convoy, because you guys have really set the precedence. You know, there are people from 160 different countries that have entered the United States. We're dealing with human trafficking. We're dealing with a fentanyl crisis. We've got veterans pushed out of their homes that they're living in so that the illegal, illegal immigrants can live there. So this administration has 
absolutely put us at risk. This is a national breach of security. So let's take a look at our Constitution, Article 4, Section 4. I want to read to you what this says. The United States shall guarantee to every state in the Union a republic form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and an and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. This is an act of terror. We are not being protected right now. I mean, we've got kids that are fentanyl poisoned from a playground, picking up something that had fentanyl on it. This has got to stop. So here's what we did. This is we the people, it's not me. It is we the people, we have launched the Take Our Border Back convoy. This convoy is February 3rd. That's when the rallies will be across the country from Arizona, Texas, and San Ysidro, California, right by San Diego. The convoy itself will start on the 29th of January in Virginia Beach. It'll go down to North Carolina, then across to Texas, Eagle Pass. Then the second convoy will pick up from there and head to Yuma, Arizona. Now, California is working its way. It's a great song, working its way back to you, babe. But here's the deal. California is in this race. We all are taking our border back. So you, from San Ysidro to Yuma, we all will meet up in Yuma. All three rallies will take place on February 3rd. And here's the deal. We have got to wake up America. There's a lot of freedom-loving Americans that are awake right now. And there's those that haven't known what to do. Well, guess what? It's time for such a time as this. So I want everybody to go and check it out for yourself. You all can be a part of this. Canada, we would love for you to join us. America, if you're listening to this right now, you guys have got to be a part of this. Here's the deal. We're so focused on elections. I was just meeting with my national Take Our Elections Back team. I said to them, guys, we will not have elections if we lose our country. We've got to take this border back, secure our border, shed a, shed a spotlight on what's going on, hold our elected officials accountable to shutting the border and then sending back, this is peaceful by the way, it is a peaceful lawful assembly and we're holding our elected officials accountable to sending those illegal immigrants back to their countries. That's exactly what we're doing. We want you guys to be a part of it. Takeourborderback.com. That's takeourborderback.com. We're keeping it updated. That way you guys know, you know, where to enter and if, uh, you know, where to join us in the convoy or, you know, where the rallies will be. We'll have all the information there. So, Laura Lynn, thank you so much for just, you know, shedding a spotlight on what's happening in America. I mean, you could just be focused on Canada, but you're not because you know, as well as me, that our sovereignty and our freedom comes from our father, our creator. That's where it comes from. And we got to remember, guys, that the battle is the Lord's. It is the Lord's battle, but we, victors in Christ, not victims of Satan, victors in Christ have got to step in as if this battle has already won. We've got to step in and he will utilize us to move the wicked forces that are in place right now. Here's the flyer that's up. Take our border back. 
Com. And if you want the detailed information that might not be there just yet, send an email. You'll find that through the website and we will keep you abreast. We're taking our border back and we want you, truckers, veterans, law enforcement, freedom loving Americans, mama bears, daddy bears, all of you to join us. We need you. It's time. Um, when when uh, we see what's going on with Texas, uh, Texas is actually doing something very unique. The governor there is is mad and he's not going to take it anymore. And they brought in, um, you know, their own border guards, basically, or, or the National Guard. What do you think of what's going on there? Yeah. Well, I think let's let the National Guard do what they're supposed to do. Let's let Border Patrol do what they're supposed to do. You see, the National Guard, Katie Hobbs has said the National Guard is down there. They weren't. They were pushing paper, pushing the illegals through. So the fact that this is actually happening right now, that Abbott is saying no more, that's a big deal. And we've got to support our Border Patrol. I mean, do you know that right now Border Patrol suicides are at the highest rate because they are being told to stand down? They can't do their jobs. Can you imagine knowing they're letting Venezuelans that have been released from prison enter these borders. I mean, that's just the craziest thing. 160 different countries are entering these borders. Men of fighting age, we're not seeing so many women and children. And most often, those children that are coming over that are being tra uh, trafficked, they're with their handlers. It's not their mamas and their daddies. So we've got to stop this. We've got to hold our administration accountable to closing the border, securing our nations, and giving the power back to we, the people. Um, tell me, Kim, about what are your thoughts on how, you know, they've shown visuals of literally Chinese, military-aged Chinese men, hundreds of them, and they say about 26,000 have crossed your border. What are the Chinese doing coming into the United States of America? Isn't that funny? They've yeah. found the Chinese, you know, scouting areas around military bases. Do we? Are we not awake yet? There is an agenda in place, but I think what people need to realize, it's way bigger than you think. It is a global agenda, Laura Lynn. There's a global agenda. And you know, I have this, you know how sometimes you can have the most amazing moments when you're either dreaming or you're in the shower. And my moments in the shower, it's like downloads from heaven. It must be the water. You know? <laughs> yes. And it was a moment that it was like, I saw everybody entering the country in Canada. And I thought, man, for a depopulation agenda, get them all in one place and depopulate. That's literally it. So I've talked to Intel in the National Guard. And do you know that Intel said to me, it's likely going to start with an invasion on the border with the cartel, right? The cartel will be at war. And then the cells in the United States will be ignited. Oh, there are cells that are ready to go. And Border Patrol, I've been on the border. That picture that is on that flyer, that was my photo. I have been on the border. I've been in, I've seen it. I've been in the thick of it. I was just talking to a Border Patrol agent yesterday. And you know what he said to me? He said, Kim, I just hope the American people are ready. He, you've got this sense of such powerlessness that they can't do their jobs. You're, you're, you're saying the same thing that we had a guest on, uh, it was either yesterday or the day before, and he's saying that he believes that civil war, oh, it was Alex Newman, um, mm -hmm. and civil war is uh, potentially a, a real 
potential, you know, event that could could be taking place. And that's what you're saying. These sleeper cells. And, and this is really causing alarm with a lot of Americans now. You're all ready to stand. And so when you're putting on an event like this, and I do love that picture. You took that picture that's at the bottom of the, po the poster. Yeah. Yeah. With the guys basically, um, they're they're facing the wall. And what is that saying? That's saying, you know, we're we're here to stand up for our country. And if if what is Biden thinking? What is his deal? I mean, I know that he's probably ready for a retirement home, and he can't find his way off of a stage anymore. Mm -hmm. And the teleprompter writing is so big, you can actually read his speech before he said it. But mm -hmm. this man does not give you confidence that he is ready to deal with something that could be coming to the United States. China must be watching and laughing and and saying, is it now or uh, they don't want to wait for Trump because Trump, he is going to he, he's going to not deal with things the same way as Biden. But this puts your country in the next uh, 10, 11 months in a most precarious position. It absolutely does. And if we just take a look at Biden, I mean, I want to be honoring and respectful of my leaders, but the reality is he's sold out. He's in bed with China. Okay. So this, and it's not just China, this is a global agenda. I mean, come on, the United States goes down. So does the rest of the world. Goal is one world government, one world religion. There's nothing new under the sun. The Bible tells us what's going to happen. There's so many prophecies that have already been fulfilled in the scriptures. We all need to go to the scriptures so that we can see it for ourselves and so that we're not deceived when the great deception comes. So we don't really have someone in authority that is leading us and protecting us. They have opened up our home. Our country is our home. And they've said, come on in rape and pillage, right? And now listen, there are a lot of good people. I believe there are some good people that truly are coming across the border for the American dream. There are those, but do you know Border Patrol has said to me, the Mexicans are being pushed back into their country. It's all the others that are being allowed in. Hmm. Isn't wow. that interesting? Why would that be happening? Now, we've got to ask ourselves these questions, and we can't trust that the current administration is going to actively do anything. We have got to come together. It's not until we say no more. Look at Germany right now. Look what you did in Canada. We've got to stand up. We've got to step into our power peacefully and lawfully and take our border back and take our country back. Canada, you've got to take your country back. America, we got to take our country back. Kim, thank you so much for, for your passion. Before we let you go, though, I want to bring Robert Dorian in. Uh, Robert, <sighs> you know a lot about Canada and you're hearing what's going on in the United States. What does it mean to us? What do you think that our um, position is, you know, is our country being compromised because of what's going on down there? Very interesting point because uh, I can relate to what's going on. We can relate as Canadians to what's going on in the United States. We're seeing the impact here in Quebec with people crossing at the Roxham Road coming in from uh, New York. And uh, we do watch a lot of what's going on in the United States because, as you mentioned, it affects us greatly. Uh, you're our neighbors. You're our, uh, our exchange partner. We, uh, we we have a lot of commerce with the United States, and what goes down in the states directly affects us. Now, when it comes to the this immigrant issue, illegal immigrants coming in, uh, you you uh, you put forward a lot of good points, Kim. First of all, you know Venezuela is is not walking distance from 
uh, the U.S. border. And nobody's walking that distance. So who's bringing them to your border? I, I'm standing here in Canada. What a lot of us in Canada are looking at is, what's going on? And then, like you said, why isn't Mexico stopping it or any other country on the way? Like last time I traveled anywhere in the world, I needed my, my, my passport to cross from one country to the other. And, and you just can't cross any country without identifying yourself and having a reason to be there. So what's really going on? And, and I think that's a legitimate question. And then we see the actual effect of all these people flooding into the United States, coming through our different border points, specifically in Quebec at Roxham. Now, the big problem with that is a lot of people will look at this and say, you know, yeah, but why shouldn't we help? We can help. We're a prosperous country. There's a lot to offer. Canada is a very, very second biggest country on the world, in the world. So there's, there's a lot of room here. And we're a very small population at 38 million. Uh, we're about 10 times uh, less than what you are in the States. You know? So why shouldn't we accept immigrants that need help? But we don't have the infrastructure to accommodate these people. They're coming from southern countries uh, in, in South America or the southern part of, of the, the, uh, the continent. And they're coming to an ice field, snow field, uh, minus 20 degree uh, condition where they're not equipped for that. And we cannot uh, uh, house them. We don't. We have a housing crisis again. In case, in case right. the United States, you might, you guys might not know that because you know it, it's very reasonable. You got your own things to deal with. But in Canada, we have an actual housing crisis. Canadians can't find a house. You know, I mean, paying Canadians with, with jobs cannot find houses right now because we don't have enough. And we're flooding in with immigrant immigrants from the states. This is a big problem. You know, this is not going to end well for anybody. Yeah, and, and you were saying, Robert, you were telling me earlier how these people are going through the border right now, and it's for exactly. reason. It's below zero degrees where you're at. It's a and they don't have a place to go. It's an absolute no. humanitarian crisis. It's just wicked. We're spending all kinds of money. We're giving them cell phones. We're giving them money, literally cash money cards with money on it. They're, we're pushing veterans out of places so they can stay it's absurd it is it is and and you, another thing with that is that you have the legal immigration system that's in place in canada you have immigrants that went through the the, the process of being a canadian citizen and they're waiting for their families their loved ones to go through that same system and they're seeing these people being denied while at the same time we have illegal immigrants flooding in from the United States through our borders. It's it's a joke in Quebec. It's a it's actually a meme, you know. You better just go in, <laughs> cross around and, and come in from the States right now to get into Canada and try to go through the, the legal channels. So this is very disruptive for our system. It shows the flaws that we have uh, uh, within our government. And this is absurd. It's absurd. And we're not equipped to help these people. It's, I don't think it's a question of of not wanting to help. Everybody that knows Canadians knows that we are a very welcoming, warm uh, country, warm people, you know, in this country. Mm -hmm. But yeah. there's also common, there's a common sense that needs to go with this. You cannot try to help and accommodate everybody when you can't help and accommodate yourself, you know, and, and this is what's happening. This is a real problem. You know what I'm wondering, Kim, if, if you, you read out at the beginning about sort of your, the, the Republican uh, statement, like this is a republic. This is a republic yes. of the United States of America. What is the difference mainly between a republic and um, a democratic uh, country? Can anyone you know, it's that? funny. We were just talking about this the other day, and I feel like I'm going to butcher it right now. 
Uh-huh. That's a really great question. But I will and tell you what, you know, we just had a pastor at church that it, we go to a great church, very awake church, but sometimes we don't have the distinction of the word. So when he was telling everybody at church that we're, uh, we're a democracy, and we're like, no, man, no, you know, that is feeding into socialism. That's exactly what that is. We are a republic. We, it's we the people. Everything in the republic is in alignment with the constitution. It's we the people. The government is working for us. A democracy isn't the government working for, is it, uh, it, it's we. It, it's not we the people, it's the government is in charge, right? And we, it, it, it's just like China. It'll move itself into socialism. It'll move itself into a society that's very much like China. And we, we can't do that. That's not how we were founded. Our founding fathers created the constitution so that we the people could reign this com- country. We could self-govern. Right. And I think that that's that's really, really important. You know, I got to tell you, Laura Lynn, I I like to say that I'm not into politics. I'm into truth. I really don't know a whole lot. I know what I need to know. I just know right now that people's voices are being silenced. We are not standing in our freedom, our God given freedom. And one of the things that's really been on my heart and that I I really feel like God is shining the light on right now is, you know, when the Israelites were taken captive in Babylon, remember that? Do you know that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, you know, Abednego, they were all given the names, the Babylonian names, their identity was taken from them. You see, we're being filled with these illegal immigrants that have their own values, their own culture. They're being put into the police and their own gods. Right now, we've got three in San Ysidro that are in the police department that are illegal. They're given guns and they're supposed to put their guns in the walker at the end of the day. No one holds them accountable. So my point is we have values. We have God, our God, the one true God, the creator of all things, the source of love, the source of freedom, the source of our creation, our sovereignty. And you come in and you mix all of these things. It's like, it's like, you wonder why Sodom and Gomorrah got to Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you know what I'm saying? So we've got to protect our nation and protect our country. And we've got to say no more. We got to close the borders, come up with a plan of action to send the illegal immigrants back home and one of the things that's on my heart are those children i'll tell you what personally i don't want those children to go back home because they don't have a home to go to unless we really truly find them with the parent that is their real parent that is going to protect them and take care of them so i think that that's one of the things that needs to happen in the plan of action so this is a peaceful and lawful assembly And it's within the law for us to do this. And so we're asking all of our congressmen, our legislatures, anyone in law enforcement or a border patrol to support this. We need you to stand up and to say no more. We are going to take our border back. We're going to take this country back and hold the administration and everyone involved to close the border and give the power back to we the people. I love it. And I want, I want you to know you're in good company with me and maybe uh, Robert's uh, got, got it better. I'll ask him, but 
Before I let you go, a democracy or republic, what's the difference? Of course, Google can always uh, tell you. And I can't, <laughs> seem, to get my, I can't seem to get my, my share happening right now. But uh, what, what it says is, um, is the United States a democracy or a republic? This is one of those either or questions that seems like it should have a straightforward answer. After all, two such different words must have two different definitions, right? The short answer is, is that democracy and republic are frequently used to mean the same thing and that's why it does get a little complicated um, a government in which the people vote for their leaders so that's both a democracy and a republic um, this was the important distinction at the time of the founding of the united states in direct contrast with the rule of a king or a monarchy in great britain in part because that context was clear to everyone involved in the american revolution these terms were used interchangeably in the late 1700s. Both democracy and republic meant that the power to govern was held by the people, exactly what you said, Kim, rather than a monarch. So that's where it comes from. At the same time, it's true that there is a nuance and a difference between these words according to their historical use and etymology. Democracy comes from the Greek roots meaning rule by the people, and the most basic understanding of the world's original meaning refers to the direct democracy of ancient Greece, apparently. Republic mm -hmm. comes from the Latin root, meaning public good or public affair, used in ancient Rome to mean simply state or country with reference to the representative democracy of the Roman Republic. The elected representatives in Congress are a contemporary example of this kind of government. So. It's a little bit of a mishmash there, and it, it makes it sound mm -hmm. like it's really the same. But, Robert, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you see, I, I believe, and this is my opinion, this has evolved over the last three, four years. Um, I think that the, we, we're living in an illusion of democracy. We, specifically in Canada, we get to elect uh, our leaders once every four years. But once they get into power, they do whatever they want, and they don't listen to the people, even if we sign petitions, if, even if we rally, if we peacefully express our views and let them know that we don't agree with what's going on, uh, they very often, if not every single time, ignore us. So in my opinion, that is not a democracy. And furthermore, they're not held accountable. So if they do anything that goes against our values, or even if they lie about what they want to do and do the opposite of what they, they promised they would do, they're not held accountable for anything. And we see that with our actual, with our actual Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. He's been involved in many scandals where there was a conflict of interest, where there was money that was disappearing or used in ways that did not uh, respect the the protocols, and there's nothing that that happens with that. You know, we we have the Jody Rabel uh, story issue with SNC Lavalin. That's I think a perfect example of that, of what I'm saying. There are no consequences to his bad actions. So, are we living in a democracy where the people have a say? Absolutely not. In my opinion, the only time we have something to say is at election day, and then. You know, the whole process is just put on hold for another four years, and then and then they start trying to listen. But I, I think, unfortunately, we live in a, uh, in a false democracy. It's, it's about the same thing in the States. You know, you guys are a little bit better. I think your system is better than ours because you have Congress. We don't have that. And we the have, Second Amendment. 
Like they're oh, taking absolutely. our guns away and we're basically not oh, allowed to shoot someone who enters yeah. our home and is trying to kill us. Like if you we're shoot a predator coming in your home, crazy. you're probably going to jail. That's yeah. California. Oh, I guess where I am. I'm in California. Same things, just like Canada and California. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is up. that you have your mm -hmm. whole constitution is very different because you actually have a very different constitution than ours. We, in our constitution, our, our freedom of right is not defended. Uh, we don't have the right to bear arms. Uh, it is considered a privilege mm -hmm. to have a weapon and you need all these laws. So we, if the government decides to take them away, there's nothing actually we can really do about it. Uh, that's why the Americans, you are a very good example of a very, in my opinion, better system than in the one that we're living in. And, and even more, Laurelyn, you know, I, I've been looking into this. Quebec has always been talking about sovereignty and separating from Canada. And this has been a very hot topic uh, throughout Canada. A lot of the Western provinces actually hate us because of that, because we're always seen, we always seem to be crying about that and, and never being satisfied of what we've got. And I can't blame you guys out West, you know, to be honest and to be fair, hmm. uh, I, I, I agree <laughs> that often uh, a lot of people that speak out in Quebec about separating um, are often using the bad examples uh, of the situation, not aware of the situation, but fact is that Canada is still under the control of the British Empire, indirectly. And, and it shows in our system, we have to go through the Governor General to have an election. We have to, everything needs to be sanctioned by the Governor General, which is a representative of the British monarchy. Mm -hmm. So in reality, yes, we are sovereign and independent, but are we really that sovereign right. and independent? Because somebody has a hand over us. And for that reason, and that reason only, would I consider what Quebec has been talking about, and I think it's a whole of Canada should do this, and just detach yourselves from whatever we have uh, with the British Empire. We yeah. are our yeah. own country. I'm jealous we of Quebec right now. You guys do all your own thing. And I'm like, why aren't we doing that? You know, like, we're just, well, I mean, our province is NDP, and it's totally bought out. So they're just, they're driving us into the ground. They won't even rehire the doctors and nurses that they fired because they wouldn't get the shot. Not even as we find out that worldwide 17 million, the experts are saying 17 million have died uh, from the shots, but we won't even rehire back the people that had the courage to stand. So British Columbia is lost and I wish we were more, and we have a shortage and we're shutting down hospitals. Like we're just spiting off you know, spiting our face and cutting off our nose, you know, it's just right. unbelievable. Right. Um, yeah. Can I ask you, Kim, are you, is the United States now posed to bring in any of the Palestinians to your country? Now that's a re I don't know where we're at with that right now. And that's a really good question. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they do. Right. They're letting everybody else in. So now have Palestinians already entered through the border? Yes. Yes, they have entered. They're one of the 160 countries that have entered. Now, I don't know if they're, uh, you know, a, a bunch of them are going to migrate here. I don't know that story, but um, I, I'm concerned. I mean, come on. I mean, look at Sharia law. Look at the, I mean, there is, we've got to really look at what's happening in the world, what the bigger agenda is. You know, they want to take down America. That's the goal to take us out. You take out America, the rest of the world is pretty easy. Don't yep. fall in line. 
You see, we are free thinkers. We do have our second amendment and we will utilize it when we need to utilize it, right? Yep. So, and I'll tell you, going back to one of the things you just talked about, we have something called the Convention of States here in America. There's 17 states right now that have filed to be independent of the federal government. We also have something called New California right now, which a big chunk of California is going to take, it's gonna separate from California. So there's all of these things in the mix right now because we know that we've got to take our power back and the federal government has way too much power they were never meant to be they were never meant to have that power what does it mean jt was just asking me on the side here he says what does it mean then if a governor like governor abbott in texas uh kind of like says you know i don't care uh anymore well like it's totally it's basically giving a thumbs down to the the government of your country like to biden directly saying we don't respect what your uh, protection of the border looks like and, and you're all, you've all lost your ever loving minds and we are now protecting our own border. Like that's a bit, that's, you know, he's becoming his own government in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting one. You know, there's a lot of power that we the people actually have. There's a lot of power that a sheriff has. And that's why we're calling, even with our take our elections back, we call on our constitutional sheriffs, truly constitutional sheriffs. We're calling, you know, like Abbott, he's, it's really important that they are being lawful in how they're, they're really utilizing their sword of the constitution. It's like, it's like, we've got God's word. You took out God's word this morning, which I love, love it. I love the way your Bible looks, right? We need to understand it. We got to read it first, understand it so that we know how to wield our sword. It's the same thing with the Constitution. If our leaders are utilizing it the way it's meant to be utilized, that each state can take their power back. So it might get ugly, but if there's a more, there's a lot more of us than there are of them. That's we what we have to remember. So if all of our governors, our secretary of states, our congressmen, our legislatures, if we the people starting at a local level to a national level begin to stand up and say no more, and we start, and we really got to take our elections back, but we know that because uh, our, our elections are corrupt and I'm sure yours are as well. So I think the so. only way to take that back is you got to stop what's happening at the border first. Because we That's, may not have an election in the next, uh, we might not have the primaries if stuff right. goes down here in the U.S. Yeah, now, and when you say that, because I've heard this from several places now, like like uh, a potential of the elections not happening, I'm saying, how, how would that happen? But if there's a civil war or something goes mad, how are you going to hold an election in the middle of all of that? You know, exactly. well, because it, the Dems are losing funny? their minds Nothing. over the fact that well, Trump well, is so high, right? Yes, yes. Uh, well, what is what is the saying by the left? No, no tragedy goes to waste or something like that, you know? So they are setting things up now, I believe, so there won't be an election so that the powers that be stay in power. I do believe that that is one of the agendas right now. This is all happening for a reason. We got to wake up. 
we got to wake up. We got to close the border. We got to take our power back. And so, I mean, I'll tell you what, this call by Laura Lynn, you inspire me so much. I'm so grateful for the call that we had. You know, you, you have been, you're a game changer because you've done this before. You've worked with a whole team of people in the Canadian convoy and Canada, we, we really look to you. You are oppressed right now. You truly are. But remember, your freedom doesn't come from the people in control. Your freedom comes from God. So you step into that freedom and you guys take your power back. But you guys set the example for us. Germany is setting the example for us. So we got America. We got to take our power back. It's that simple. It really well, is. So and yeah. Were you going to say something, Robert? I was because, yeah. you know, one thing that I, we've I've, I've talked over the last years about all this situation and, and, and thank you for for pointing out the fact that, you know, we stood up and I was surprised to see all those truckers come all the way from Canada's, like I said, it's the second largest country in the world. It's huge. So coming from all the way from BC all to, all to the way to Ottawa is, is quite a drive. It's, it's four, four to five days. And I was surprised to see how we united as a country and the impact that we had. And I was especially uh, proud that it didn't turn into a riot. There was no violence. And unfortunately, our, our government uh, refused to acknowledge what was going on and, and preferred to treat us as a fringe minority with unacceptable views. That's what our leader said. All they had to do is send a representative outside and say, we see you, what can we do? You're un unhappy, let's talk. They never did that. But one thing I was surprised is that it took a while for the states to step up. And that, I'll be honest, that scared me because I'm like, you guys are so, so, uh, how can I say that? You, you, you would never let go of your freedoms. Your freedom is the face of your country, the land of the mm -hmm. free. That's what the United States is in our opinion, yeah. you know? And I was watching yeah. what was going on in the States and I'm like, What's happened to the Americans? And I'm not mm -hmm. judging. I'm simply stating the fact that I was surprised. I would have thought that you would have came out pawing and biting your way out of those mandates, out of those restrictions, out of all of what's going on in the States. There's a lot of very wrong things going on in the United States. And if this happening in the, the capital, the world capital of freedom, mm -hmm. and nobody's standing up, and it can go on in, in your country, then we're in trouble. The rest of the world is seriously in trouble because... You know, it, this should not be happening. Everything that's going on in the States right now, uh, where when it comes to your freedoms, when it comes to the borders, when it comes to the fact that your uh, constitution is constantly being trampled on, uh, whether it be by Twitter or social media, shutting people down, going against your First Amendment, uh, people trying to get guns out of states, with uh, trampling on your Second Amendment. I'm like, what is going on? But I... I think a lot of people are realizing what's going on. I think a lot of Americans are real, starting to realize the impact this is having on your country. And, yeah. and I'm just waiting to see all of you guys stand up, yeah. raise your flag up and say, this is it, we're done. Come on. And the rest of the world will follow, you know? I'm surprised the Canadians were That's first right. to do right. a combo. I'm like, we're yeah. all usually behind, you know? We're, we're not the leaders you know usually. So Robert, there's two things that have happened. One, people have become complacent. It's just like back in the Romans, right? The, well, the gladiators, let's think about it. You keep them entertained. 
Okay. And we have to remember that television is a programming. People are being programmed right now. So that's one of the things that's happened. We've got to get away from the TV. We need to start really seeking truth and pursuing it. And the next thing is you've got the freedom loving Americans that are awake, but they've been waiting for someone to come and save us. They've been waiting. They've been waiting for someone to save us. Well, guess what? No one's coming. We have already been saved. We've been given the Savior. And Jesus says, you will do even greater things than me. We've got to step into that power that he's given us and stand up and create his kingdom on this earth as it is in heaven. And in his kingdom, it is not a corrupt government. In his kingdom, it is not a border that's being invaded. That's not what it's about. There is peace. There is love. We have a, a we have a legal a way to enter the country, a protocol that you can go through, right? So I think that Robert, I love it. I love your passion. I love what you just said, and Laura Lynn, well, um, you have the West and the, and the really East. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have the West we and the East, and I'm wondering how we can get. Yeah, uh, we've started reaching out to the the truckers and to see. Who might want to, you know, come and support? Because what happens down there does affect us, as Robert explained, uh, with our border. And also, um, you know, our prime minister, uh, I did ask you about the, uh, the Palestinian people. And basically, they had a thousand person cap on bringing them in. And now they've taken the cap off because of all of the pressure of the Islamic organizations saying, oh, no, you have to bring them all in. So basically, these people that actually... Um, there's all these reports about the people in Gaza who were so excited about what happened on October 7th. That's true. There's video of that. They, they were just, oh yeah, good for us. We went after those, those, uh, Jews on October 7th. And, um, and these people, they don't care about human life. They have very different values than us. They have a different Mm -hmm. God than us. And it's interesting, but I want you to answer a final question and then we'll just promote your thing and I'll let you go, Kim, because you've been so yeah. generous uh, uh, with your time. And then and then Robert and I can just talk Canada from here on out. But um, you keep talking about this sovereignty of God. Uh, what is the benefit of having a nation that actually honors the God, the Judeo-Christian God? Because here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. If you want to if you want to lose all your rights, uh, take a look at Syria. We've got these queers for Palestine, you know, that are standing up um, for for the Palestinians when they would actually be killed by the Palestinians. I mean, if they went if they went to Gaza, any queers, any gay people, it wouldn't be received very well. Um, But in our country, because we honor the God who honors freedom, see, Jesus said, you can choose me or reject me. That's why a country founded on those principles is so good, because a you don't have to be a Christian to live here. But you might want to appreciate the fact that this country founded on freedom, that was God's idea. So you get to be an atheist and you get to be a Muslim and you get to be a Hindu and a Christian because you're in a country that honors freedom. Where did we get that idea? We got that idea from the word of God. And so that's That's the beauty of the sovereignty of a nation. And I, I always say this, if you're not happy... You know, and, and you, you, you don't like that we can stand up for our own values, which might mean biblical values on sexuality, on gender, on, um, you know, on our sovereign rights to a border being protected mm-hmm. because we want to be a protected people as God ordained. 
then, you know, uh, you can go live somewhere else where they don't honor stuff like that. And, you know, if you make it out alive. You know, Lauren Lynn, I had an interview with Abby Abelo from the Israeli army. These guys came over, they took their uniform off. They headed over to Amfest. He was one of my interviews. And do you know why he came? He came to warn us. He said, what happened to our border will happen to your border if you do not close your borders. We're here to warn you. We see what's going to happen, and we cannot let this happen to America. America has been supporting us. We've got to let you guys know. So, I mean, you've got people coming across the country, guys, telling us to close this border. And just to go back to what you were just saying, true freedom, true freedom comes from knowing who we are whose we are and then that's when the purpose inside of us is activated so this country was found on god that free that our creativity our power truth Mm -hmm. the bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free right and so it's only in we can only have a country that is like having a country that is that is under God, within God, means we have his promises. We have his blessings. We have true access to freedom, not a picture of this false freedom that they're painting for us. True freedom. And the fact that, like you said, Laura Lynn, other people can come into this country and not be Christian, and we can honor and respect one another and have healthy boundaries. That's beautiful absolutely beautiful that's what we need to go back to and it was god's idea it was god's idea that we have freedom but when (laughs) we're taken advantage of you know when the asherah poles are being set up when when the gods the the gods of humanism Mm -hmm. are being set up and now overtaking us because they can bring them in and vote differently this is what's happening so uh on your poster once again let's go over the details it's february 3rd and february 3rd is meeting uh basically Because it starts January 29th in a, in January a four-day 29th convoy. is when the convoy starts in Virginia Beach. And then it's going to head down to North Carolina. And then it will head over to Eagle Pass, Texas. And then from Eagle Pass, Texas, and everything's on the website at TakeOurBorderBack.com. It'll go from Eagle Pass, Texas, Texas to Yuma, Arizona. And then the convoy that's in California will head out on the third after their rally and head over to con to eat to uh, Yuma where we'll all meet together so that's where it converges all the details of where you can join in from different of uh, from Phoenix Arizona where you can join in from New Mexico different parts of the country we're gonna have all that on the website and if you've got detailed information ways you want to participate go to the website take our border put in your information we respond immediately our teams respond immediately and remember this is a peaceful lawful assembly and this is not about me and our team this is we the people this is your convoy i love it this is i love it god bless you kim and uh, i just appreciate your passion your beautiful spirit we're sisters from another mother and uh, we just we just met over i i don't even remember how but um i'm so glad to know you Please keep us posted, and uh, we're going to try from Canada's end. Canada, wouldn't it be cool to see a bunch of Canadian flags 
uh, standing with the United States for the protection of their border so that our protection would also be there. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kim, for Thank joining you, Laura. God bless we'll you, you and God, God bless you. Canada and God bless America. Thank you, Lauren Land. You're amazing. Amen. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. All right. So, uh, Robert, um, I just want to bring you on uh, right away here. Um, in, in light of all that's going on, I do see, I wanted to show you this, Robert, if you can see my share there. Um, after days of confusion, Trudeau government says it will abide by the ICJ on genocide case. Um, I think if I go to this here and do this share, JT. Uh, so our, our government basically is making some decisions uh, to abide by the ICJ on genocide case against Israel. Prime Minister of Foreign Affairs Minister issued a statement that left many observers baffled. So this is what's going on today. See if I can get out of that. Um, Canada will abide by all rulings arising from South Africa's genocide case against Israel at the international. Because, of course, we're, we're a country that follows what, whatever South Africa is doing because they've always gotten everything so right. <laughs> Anyways, it's just a big mess uh, what's happening. You never know what Trudeau is going to do, which way the, the wind flies and what he's going to do next, putting us into a lot of debt. Uh, I do feel... Um, concerned right now, Robert, that um, that we've got such a disaster running our country. And I guess he thinks he's going to run again, which his polls are so low. He should really just give it over to someone else in the Liberal Party. Well, that's a very good point. Uh, to, to address the first question there concerning Israel and his decision and the fact that it's, it's, it's all over the place, it just puts... Uh, highlights the fact that uh, he he's a puppet. He, uh, he's not going on his own convictions, and he's not he's not basing any of his decisions on Canadian values. You know, as a uh, prime minister, what I think, and that's my opinion, that should drive any leader of any democratic country should be uh, the will of the country and the values expressed in that country. Now, Justin is obviously following whatever uh, NATO's doing, whatever the states are doing, or whatever he thinks or feels might be the right thing to say or do at the present moment. He is not expressing any of his core values uh, uh, in any of, of his decisions. That's why he's left, right, all over the place. And basically that, in my opinion, is a very bad way to lead a country. He's giving a very bad example. And I'm not... A, going to specify if this is bad or good, because to be honest, I don't know enough about this specific subject to be able to, 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 to have an opinion, opinion on it. Uh, what I do know is that what is going on between Israel and the Palestine people and Gaza specifically is a tragedy, and there's no getting around that. Uh, a ton of innocent people have died. None of this is good. Um, you know, if you're telling me that the uh, the the Israeli the Israeli army were taking down uh, soldiers and there were a few casualties along the way, that that's war. And and anybody that knows anything about war will say that's you know like they say it's casualties of war. But this is different from what I gather from the information I, I've heard from coming out of the states and elsewhere. There's way too many civilian casualties. You know, in the order of 18 to 20 or plus thousands of people that were children, women, and older people that have been 
bombed and killed by the Israeli army. So, I'll you know, you, again, I don't... I'll give you a little sense of how I feel about it, Robert, and uh, my audience will kind of know this, yeah. So, basically, they came in on October 7th, and they mm -hmm. uh, raped men, women, they burned children alive, um, they killed family members in front of each other and tortured. They gutted a woman's stomach. This is all documented yeah. and, and provable. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, oh, the, their own video proves pretty much what a, like a, a psychopathic bunch this Hamas is. They're just sick Absolutely. degenerates. Um, before there was even a, a, um, a return of fire from Israel, uh, the people were indeed very celebratory. Uh, they've done polls in Gaza, and, and they show that they're in favor of Hamas, which is very shocking. It's a different mentality than we would have. I think Canadians on the whole would say, uh, oh, you know, if Justin Trudeau told our army to go in and to rape, pillage, cut off people's legs, burn families in front of each other, I'm pretty sure most Canadian soldiers would go, whoa, I did not sign up and I am not doing this. What? Oh, you know, that's what no, we would I, say. But this yeah, whole... Well, I can speak for Side of the world. Yeah. I can speak for myself, but we were saying there, if our military ever participated in that, yeah. I would personally, and this is not just a state, this is the truth, I would personally get involved and I would, this would not fly in Canada, this cannot fly in Canada. So the fact that it happened in a different country um, doesn't make it right. We, we don't understand their, their ways of doing things, no. but you're right to, to point out that nobody should be cheering this on. This is, this is unacceptable. I'm, I'm following a, a guy. Country. I'm following a guy. I hope that you'll follow. I'll send it in the chat. His name is Amir Sarfati. Could you put that in the chat for, for him or, or we'll send it to you on email too. Amir Sarfati. So he is former IDF and he lives in Israel. He's giving play by plays of what's happening. So for instance, when they said Israel bombed the hospital and immediately Hamas said, Oh, you've killed 500 people, you know, um, Immediately, Amir was able to give the truth. He said, no, actually, Israel is not taking, they said they don't know why the hospital got bombed, and they didn't do it. So then we find out that um, one of the, um, you know, uh, Islamic groups uh, let off uh, a fire, and they misfired or whatever, whether it was potentially, yeah. So then it fires into a parking lot. So then, oh, you know, oh, I guess 500 weren't dead. Well, you just proclaimed that Israel did it and 500 are dead. Like, these are snakes, yeah. liars. You can't believe a word that they say. You just can't. And so but then they said, so then Israel uh, let out all these leaflets over Gaza. They, they flew a plane over. They let off all these leaflets to let you know you need to escape. So um, 1.4 million uh, families and everything were trying to get out. Hamas was blocking them at every turn. And I, I literally had tears when I watched as the, um, the IDF protected the Gazan people evacuating. And they, they got out mm -hmm. over a million people. So then the other, the other dirty little secret is that because of their Islamic belief, that if they die for a cause, if they are martyred, if their children are martyred, if there is, uh, if they are died in, in the process of standing up for their cause, uh, they will get an eternal reward and they will be given a victor's crown, basically. Now that, that's the different, that's the difference in a different ideology and a different religion. So when you have a, a, a country and a group of people founded on the Islamic religion, 
uh, they might not be so quick to get their kids out. So I said, that's pretty bad parenting. If I'm a Canadian mom, I'm, I'm with the million four leaving. I'm going to get my kids hightail it out of there. So what the IDF has shown video of is moms and little kids walking through the middle of Gaza, even currently. They've still got mm -hmm. their kids there. While Israel yeah. is actively bombing to, to, in order to kill Hamas leaders, because how, yeah. when Hamas leaders say, we, we are going to kill every last Jew, they say it out of their own mouths. And in fact, in their Quran, they don't believe until the Jews are dead that they can, uh, that their return of their Messiah. So we had a, a specialist on about that. So it's a very complex issue. I, I understand that, it but is. I'm having a hard time feeling sorry for people that are willing to put their children in harm's way and not get to the safe areas that Israel has told them to get to because they've got to kill the Hamas leaders. And I am in full, I don't want to be in a country where, you know, if we had uh, people, let's say Washington DC is a terrorist state, okay? Over uh, underneath you, New York state, okay? It's a terrorist state and they are swearing the death of every Canadian. Um, then they come into, in, into an area that you live and they kill your cousins, they rape and pillage and, and burn people alive. Uh, do you know what? We got a problem. So now we got to find a way when Canada would have a hard time defending itself against anything, let's be honest. But uh, they got to find a way to deal with those terrorists. And this is yep. what Israel's been dealing with. Well, you know, you stated a lot of facts that I've heard. Uh, I don't, I don't argue any of these facts for the simple yeah. fact that I'm not there, and I have no direct contact with anybody in that situation. But what I've learned over the years, and where I'm a little uh, skeptic, skeptic, is that um, the media's ten traditional media's, they play always just one side of the the card, and and that's the narrative they want to present. Now, I'm not saying that anything that you stated is false. Uh, I'm just saying that I ha don't have enough information to take a position. What I can say is, that, and what I oppose to, is what I've been seeing in Toronto and some large cities where we have large groups of people, large groups of Canadians supporting Hamas in our country. They're not supporting the people of Palestine. They're specifically these people supporting Hamas and what they've did. This, in my opinion, is very, it's unacceptable in our country. And it's then troubling. when they have any, it's very troubling. And then when they have opposition from anybody, any other community saying, this is outrageous, you shouldn't be doing this. Maybe we should just hold back from taking sides when we're not there. And, and these Canadians are treated uh, themselves, called out, as I've seen in the video, uh, for uh, terrorists. And they're called out uh, either being racist or uh, the, the, name it and their name that. You, you can't have an opinion on that if you're against the people standing up in our, in our, on our skating rinks or in our, our malls or shopping centers and telling other Canadians that they need to support Hamas. That's not going to happen. Like, I'm not supporting any terrorist group ever. And these activities 100%. should not be, should never be permitted. I don't care what your name is, what race you are, what color, what language you speak. If you're killing innocent people, you're not my friend. And I don't want anything to do with you, and you should be stopped. Uh, I don't, and, and, and that goes for everybody, you know. If, if the Americans go in and do something bad, they should be held accountable because, you know, no country's perfect. I don't care who you are. When you're attacking innocent people, that is wrong. And this situation seems to have boiled out, you know, boiled over 
into something that is very complicated. And and what I, I what I feel out of all of this is that it, it's it's a large loss of life. Not sure that all of this is necessary. I think, but then again, I'm not a not a war specialist, and I'm not a Middle East specialist. So you know, you look at this from Canada, and just hoping right. that if anything, we can encourage these people to be uh, to respect each other, you know, and yes. and not let that spill out into Canada. Let's not let let that hate that fueled what happened between Hamas and the Palestine and Israel. Uh, over overflow here in Canada with the people that are obviously supporting Hamas. Now, this is, in my opinion, a very volatile situation. Well, you'll have patriotic Canadians standing up and saying, we're not going to take this anymore. You know, you, you can share your opinion, but you're not going to bully us over into believing that you're right or whatever, you know. So this is it's a, a very funny uh, situation. A very uh, funny is not the right, right word. It's a very uh, disturbing situation. You know, Robert, I make my living from talking to people, and that happens both on and off the camera. So mm -hmm. I've had a disturbing wake-up uh, to the fact that people that have come to our country, whether as children, uh, they come from a different, uh, you know, religion, and they come here, they are not believing the same as you and me in not mm -hmm. standing with Hamas and Hezbollah for that fact. They are confused. They are living in our country. They call themselves Canadians and they are confused over this issue. And that to me has been a huge, uh, it's been an enlightening time to go, not only do we have to battle our inept government and the potential that, that Trudeau is completely seized by you know, the WEF as, as one of their lackeys pushing all of this Absolutely. carbon nonsense and, and climate stuff. But their agenda to bring people in, and now they've taken the cap off bringing people, I, I have to say, and I'm not ashamed to say it, I don't want people that support Hamas coming to my country. I do not. Well, not I don't align I don't, with your values. I don't think that's unreasonable. And the simple fact was stated earlier by Kim. Uh, we have values. This country, Canada, you see, again, I've learned a lot and I've looked into this a lot. A lot of people take our country for granted. There's a reason that Canada was considered and is considered one of the best places to live on the planet. Yes, the United States is the land of the free, land of opportunity, but you can say that of Canada as well. We are free. And there's a lot of opportunities in Canada. We don't have the same political system. We're not quite the same as the Americans, but we still enjoy a very beautiful country, a vast country with so much potential and, and so much opportunity. And there's a reason we're living in this type of country and it's because it was founded and built on your, our values, uh, the values of our far, forefathers that were, like you said, Christians. And these values need to be acknowledged by all Canadians, everybody, everybody living here from, from, from the start and also from people coming in. And if you start trying to change that, we will eventually end up in the same type of situation as we're seeing in the Middle East. There's a reason that things are exploding down there and it has a lot to do, like you said, with their religion and their beliefs. Now, maybe we should learn from that yeah. and you know, not persecute them, but maybe try to make them understand that once you come to Canada, you need to start changing the way you're thinking about certain things. You need to accept that we're not like you. You need to accept that.
that should be a, a basic rule, you know, of anybody immigrating here is you need to be tolerant towards the people that are already here and their beliefs. And, and you know, Robert, if we were to say and ask our prime minister to say that this is a country that was founded on Christian principles, I don't think Trudeau would, would say that. I, right. I guarantee he would not. Trudeau is pushing a cancel culture uh, agenda. That's why he's taking down everything that has anything to do with her history. Uh, Trudeau took out some pictures of her passport that had uh, that were pictures of the Second World War heroes. He took the Vimy statue out of her passport, and he actually put his own picture of himself swimming at some lake uh, up here in Quebec. <laughs> now, how arrogant can you be? Now, that's stupid. In my opinion, that's pathetic. You know, who would do that? You know, that's it's a egocentric person that does something like that. And I didn't even realize that until somebody brought it up. And it's just, it's an actual picture of himself. But you you think it's a kid because it's a it's printed on your passport. It's this picture of him swimming in a lake up here in Quebec in Gatineau Park. I'm like, this <laughs> really? is pathetic. I never yes. heard this. This is. So what wow. is he actually doing? He he's taking down every historical historical uh, uh, statue monument uh, person. Like up here in Ottawa, we had the uh, the. Uh, uh, a parkway that was named uh, Sir John A. Macdonald. Well, Sir John A. Macdonald, if I'm not mistaken, was the first uh, Prime Minister of Canada. Uh, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And he renamed that. He changed that for another name, and it's been changing all the time. He's taking on statues. He's taking out this. He's pushing a cancel culture agenda on Canadians. So I can guarantee you, he would never say publicly or any statement that Canada was built on Christian values. I, that is the certainty. He will never, he would never say that. Well, but let me it ask, is a reality. It's let me a reality. ask you this. It Do you think that Pierre Polyev, uh, it looks like he's going to be our next prime minister. Would he say something like that, that we've been founded on Christian principles? Would he say it out loud? Very good. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I, I've talked to Mr. Polyev once. Uh, what I can say about Mr. Polyev, Mr. Polyev, uh, I had an interview with him, which, which surprised me, but I did. And... Um, I think he is what we have as leaders presently that resembles the most uh, the true Canadian. He has true Canadian values. I think he wants to bring our economy back to where it's supposed to be. And as a government, as a prime minister, I think that's part of his job. I think that's very important. And what Pierre said in a conference uh, that I, I attended, and it, it comes back to what Kim just said earlier about there will be no savior. Mm -hmm. Poliev said the same thing. He says, I am not your savior. What I want to do is give you all the tools and every opportunity to go and get your liberty back. But I can't do it alone. I need you, every Canadian, to stand up and go by yourself and retake your liberties. Retake your country. I will help you to get there, but I can't do it alone. And when he said that, I... I at that specific one, I said, this, that's it. That's the guy I'm voting for because nobody else is talking like that. You know, we have three choices. Uh, you know, we have a fourth choice in Quebec with that, whatever. Let's not talk about that. The Bloc Québécois is just there to, they're never going to be prime minister. Don't of Canada, you guys you know? always vote for, you always vote for uh, the leader of the Bloc, right? No, 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 absolutely no? not. I had, uh, I, no, absolutely not. <laughs> the, the, uh, no. I will never vote for the Bloc Québécois. I'm Québécois, a, a Quebecer. I'm proud Quebecer. It's a beautiful province. A lot of good people here. A lot of very interesting and innovative people. Very artistic. We have our own flavor in Quebec, you know. And, and but we, I am a proud Canadian as well. 
and I won't vote for a party that's just there to stick a channel, a stick in the wheel, you know, and always, you know, cause what I, I then again, that's my opinion, you know, just cause what seems to be problems in the rest of, for Canada in general, you know, and that might not be fair because they do do uh, some odd things every now and then that helps the province, but again, I don't see it, that as being fair for the rest of Canada. You know, what about Alberta? What about, Alberta's a great province. It's the freest province we have, in, in my opinion. And, and it's a beautiful place to visit. And they're pouring millions of dollars, billions of dollars every year into the federal government for all of the provinces. And what do, do, do they get as recognition? Nothing. They get the federal government that keeps trying to shut them down and make their conditions worse, you know? So, you know, there are different, definitely issues to be addressed in our country. And just to address the question, I, I don't vote for the bloc. I don't like them. But what I was going to say is we have three choices. We have the Conservative Party of Canada, we have the Liberals, and we have the NPD. Or I should say NDP. Uh, different saying in French, you know, the, the letters change uh, right. places because it's not spelled the same way in well, French. Uh, but I yeah, and, and uh, it does look like Pierre Polyev is going to get in, and there's a lot of things. I sure liked the way that he combats in, uh, you know, in the House and everything. I've made no secret, though, that I'm definitely a Maxime Bernier supporter, that he basically has the strongest values for Canada, and he's always been ahead of the curve. And um, uh, I'm, we had a guy um, last week, his name was Mark Murano, and he's all over this climate nonsense. I don't know how you feel about this scaring about the climate, <laughs> right? It's a bit of a joke, yeah. That's but a hoax. I, I was just looking because you, you bring it up. I was watching a, uh, a video from Tucker Carlson with, uh, I believe his name is Willie Soon or something like that, where he's a scientist. He worked 31 years specifically on climate change. Very, very interesting person to, and very funny person to listen to because he has a very good sense of humor. I just watched that on Tucker Carlson uh, uh, this, this, today, and he was saying exactly that there is no CO2 effect on climate, and they are 90% certain that everything that we are dealing with, right, because they are, there is climate change. The climate is changing. The real question is, is it normal? Is it part of a cycle? And, and that's what he was addressing. And he said that he, they are confident. And we say they, it's him and another hundred scientists working together to resolve this problem, to find an answer to the question. That 90% of the problem is due to the sun itself. The sun is not always at the same temperature. It's not always uh, as bright from one season to another. And he proved throughout history that we have had a big fluctuation from 1300 he went before bc before christ and then went forward to present day and it's been fluctuating uh, for for as long as we can uh, it's been documented so he's saying and stating with a fact that the co2 and, and this whole climate push is a hoax and even if you eliminated every pound of co2 that we are producing it would still would not change or affect the climate change that we're experiencing. And instead of focusing on this hoax, we should be focusing on how to adapt to the climate that is changing, how well, to survive next, to what's coming up. 100%. And the next time that you talk to Polyev, please enlighten him uh, yourself on this, because that's that's one of the issues uh, that, that 
that is problematic with Pierre Polyev. So we had this guy, Mark Murano. He's all about climate. He's been studying it. He's been doing interviews and he's from the United States. So we had him on and he goes, yeah, I really like that Pierre. Uh, uh, what's his name? Paul Aver. I said, Polyev, you know, and um, and he says, but I'm, I'm a little concerned. I heard him talking. He's giving he's be, he's trying to give credibility to this CO2 nonsense. And he's talking about the carbon, uh, you know, meeting our carbon, uh, you know, necessities. And Objectives. He goes, yeah. what, what's wrong with him? He said, uh, he goes, I, I don't know what to make of that. I thought he was going to be your next great guy, but not if he's talking like that. And the other thing about Polyev is he was nowhere for us when the truckers uh, came to Ottawa. Um, the whole Conservative Party was forcing everyone to get their shots. Uh, they, they force, and if a member of parliament in the Conservative Party didn't get their shots, and I know this for a fact, they were really treated badly. It was something to have to deal with during the pandemic. Now, Maxime Bernier today, and you know, I, I'm just, I just want to throw you some ideas that it's okay. Polyev's going to get in, and God bless him. Let's hope that he does some things. But some of the things, uh, he's he doesn't have discernment. He doesn't have the kind of like leadership discernment. He he feels out what everyone's gonna do. He didn't stand with the truckers. Nobody came and talked uh, to us. He he basically distanced. He called um, Christine Anderson, who was standing up in Germany like a boss against these globalists and against the the assault on their country. Christine Anderson. Uh, you know, came here and he said, you know, terrible things about her and forced basically three of the MPs to apologize for even having met with her. It was ridiculous. And then he di he didn't understand about the mandates. He, he hasn't. Now um, he's basically saying that he is one of the first. Now, my I'll just show you this. So Maxime Bernier is reporting on this today. And he says, Polyev hilariously claims on his party's website to have been one of the first to stand up against COVID mandates. Now, that is hilarious. He did not. Uh, everyone had to be vaccinated. Everyone did this. For sure, he was one of the first among the conservative cowards in Parliament, he says, who had been silent and supported Trudeau for two years. They did. They were all about getting more vaccines. This vaccine has now, like they, they're, uh, Peter McCullough, I mean, he's a foremost leading uh, you know, um, heart specialist. He's in the, what do you call that when you're in a, you're, you're a cardiologist. Cardiologist. Thank you so much. Cardiologist. So, yeah. Cardiologist. Uh, so he, he's one of the leading, uh, worldwide, worldwide. They're saying these shots have killed kids 17 million. Now these are, these are provable numbers that they're finally being able to speak at the Senate. While our government continues to push these vaccines, not a word from Polyev, only a word from Maxime. Maxime's following all of it. He's already against the shots. He was the only one never got the shots. He said, I will not comply. This is nonsense. So then he, he points to Polyev's wife. Well, I apologize to everyone for the language that Polyev's wife is about to show in her because in, in the tweet here, uh, he didn't use that kind of language, but... She says, we are in this together, basically stay the F home. And, and she goes on, well, it's really simple, you know, stay home and do, you know, they were not ahead of the game as Maxime Bernier has been ahead of the game, but it's not his time yet. It might be in the future. I don't know. That is the point. You, you, you've, you've stated quite a few things. And I need to I need to point out to your audience that I, I'm not a part of the Conservative Party. I want to I want to be clear on that. I I owe them nothing. 
And, uh, but I, I try to see things uh, from a Canadian point of view, from a Quebec point of view, you know, and, and what I absolutely want to see happen is the Liberals disappear from power. They need to move on. They need to get out of there with their agenda because they are literally ruining our country, uh, especially on the econo economy. Uh, the, um, sorry, some words sometimes I struggle in English. Uh, the, the, uh, the economy. The, on the, econ the economy side of it. You yeah. know, this is terrible. There were, were $10.43 trillion in debt in Canada. We've never seen this type of indebtment in Canada. It's ridiculous. You can't buy a house in Canada right now. My my son's 21 years old. He's a hardworking Canadian. Uh, he's a, works in electricity. And he's an electrician. Uh, his, his girlfriend, six-year-old, from six, she's, they've been together for six years. Uh, she works uh, as a uh, attorney uh, assistant. Uh, and together, their combined salary, and they know how to manage their money. They're really good. They just bought a property, a, a, a lot to build on, but they can't get a, a, a house. You can't buy a house. So we're in a very bad position uh, financially right now in our country, and this is because of the liberals. So uh, I hear you for Maxime Bernier. I love the guy. Talked to him quite a few times. Great person. I uh, love him Quebec too. To I'm so sad that more people are not on board to make a real shift. But I don't think yeah. establishment could let him in like they're fighting Trump. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. Because he's and been it, ahead of the think... game. So I'm glad you like yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Glad you like him. I do. But unfortunately, Maxime Bernier uh, is not in a position to take down the liberals. So that's why I yeah. lean on the side of the conservatives. Because Kapolev has been talking about uh, exploiting our natural gases in Quebec and throughout Canada and reopening the uh, the the the, 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 the uh, the gas coming out of Alberta and, and making it simple. And a lot of that um, fuel is being shipped in BC from Alberta because it's the closest ports. Now I know BC is closed, uh, it's been causing problems to Alberta to ship that, you know, because BC owns the ports there and Alberta seems to be having issues with BC to be able to export our product uh, or, or, or clean fuel Yes, that's another thing, you know. We're talking about fuel, and a lot of people with the trend right now are saying, oh, we need to cut this out. It's dirty. We're polluting the environment. Let's be honest. What are you putting in your car, and where is it coming from? Just because they pumped it in, the, in um, uh, Saudi Arabia, <laughs> do you think they're doing it better over there? Do you think they have better uh, environmental uh, norms than we have in Canada? I can guarantee you they don't. So you're still using that. And another statement I heard is where one goes, we all go. So if you're destroying a part of the, of the world where we don't see what's going on and thinking that we're doing something right, we're not. We should be promoting our resources because when we exploit resources like fuel in Alberta, it's done cleanly with the most severe, most strict politics, uh, policies, I mean, in the world, amongst the, the most severe and strict uh, policies in the world. So we're being hypocrites when we're letting in millions and millions of barrels from coming from the Middle East into our country and shutting down our own industry and then turning around and saying, we're doing a good thing. We're not doing a good thing. We're lying to ourselves. And Chapolyev wants to stop that. So again, I'm not trying to promote the guy. I'm just saying what he said, and I think he's got good points. He's got a good track record. See, he's to bring starting us. to he turn against point. Ukraine, uh, which is a good thing because it is. we should not be involved in the Ukraine. But but involved. has been like... Right alongside of 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 the um, liberal and NDP.
supporting a war we can't even afford. We can't afford to take care of our own people. We're dying in this debt, as you said, and we're going after. So Polyev is beginning to switch. He, the problem that I see with Polyev is he's, he doesn't have true leadership. He always is late. He's always you know, behind the eight ball. I think I disagree because I think he's evolving. And I think that every human being, and this might be a little bit philosophical, I'm yeah. not sure if I'd ever was right, but sure, sure, but, I, I'm listening. But I, th I think that he's evolving, he's learning, and never. I think again, nobody, not a man, not a woman, nobody can know everything. So he's got a team around him. A lot of them from and Capulet, from what I gather, is more of an economist, somebody that knows finances, he's good in that. But you're not necessarily good in foreign policies or foreign conflicts and all that. So somebody's giving him the information, and he's being guided by his team. He's got a team. Chapeliev is not a one-man show. The old conservative party, and same thing for the liberals, you know, they, they have their own team. Actually, the liberals have a power team. They have the best team I've ever seen of liars and people able to manipulate the, the, the narrative. They're, they have an excellent team of bad people. <laughs> And whereas with the Conservative Party, I think they're evolving. And, and I know for a fact that there's an old guard in the Conservative Party with mm -hmm. older, more very hardcore conservative values that are pushing against some of the more progressive uh, policies of Kapolyev and his younger team. So I put a lot of money on the fact that there are internal conflicts in that party. I think that those internal conflicts will eventually yield a very good party that knows what it wants to do. But at the same time, as voters and as Canadians, we have to accept the fact that he's going to have to adjust along the way, and he's probably going to change his policy on certain things. And in my opinion, that's a good thing, because what we've seen when it's the opposite of that is a hard-line guy from Trudeau, like Trudeau pushing something that everybody knows is bad and never looking back. And when you, you oppose him, he doubles down on it, and gets even more aggressive where he should be listening. If Polyev realizes that his policies or his views on Ukraine were wrong and he changes, I appreciate that as a, lead, as a voter, and I want my leader to be able to say, I was wrong. Even if he doesn't say he was wrong, if his actions lead us to believe that he's saying he's wrong, that's fine with me. That's better can... than having Trudeau there. Yeah, do you think he can change and the Conservative Party can change regarding what they've done to us with Bill C-4? Bill C-4, if you remember, this is where they have criminalized up to a $500,000 fine, um, losing your designation, and even imprisonment if you do not support a child or a person who wants to transition. Bill C-4, it was voted in by the entire, uh, by the entire caucus and all the caucuses uh, yeah. unanimously voted in. Do you think they can change on that? I think that if uh, enough Canadians push in that direction and have strong arguments, I don't see why he wouldn't do it. Because one thing Poliev said, I want to make Canada the freest country in the world. Now, I got tape of this. I've got him saying that. Nice. A lot of people in Quebec don't like Poliev at all. They don't like the, it's not Poliev they don't like, it's the Conservative Party in Quebec is not like, and that's just a fact that the polls show it. I don't understand that. And there's, Quebec has its own bubble, and unfortunately, the language barrier is a big, big problem. Everything I've said here, a lot of people in Quebec will never listen because they don't understand English at all, which is it was a big problem. <laughs> um, but I told the people in Quebec that are opposing me when I talk about uh, Pierre Poliev and the Conservative Party, 
I'll be watching him. Like, I'm just another Canadian. I'm no superhero. I'm not Superman, not by any means, <laughs> not even close. But I will be watching him. And if he turns on us, and if he goes left, instead of doing what he's, I will be on him. And he it. will not like it. <laughs> I, I promise you, I, as a Canadian, I, I will be on him. I will, I will expose him, and I will, I will come back with those videos, and it will cost him a lot, you know. So I'm hoping Kapoliev <laughs> is a good, hardcore Canadian. I think I hope he's he's an honest man, and I I hope he does as best as he can. But to be honest, again, nobody can get us out of this trouble that we're in in four years. You know, there's a lot to be done. There's a lot of hard decisions that need to be taken. And uh, by the end of that four year, I can guarantee you a lot of Canadians will not be happy. But we were led there. Let's never forget that we were led there by eight years of irresponsible spending on all kinds of stupid things that were not uh, working in our best interest by the liberals, wow. you know, so. I 100%. I, I could just talk to you all day, uh, Robert. I'm so coming up I. against another interview. I really could, and I think that we should do this more often. Maybe make it a I regular it. thing to understand what's going on in Eastern Canada and how we can, you know, collaborate and, and inform. Is there anything, before I let you go, is there anything you really had on your heart today that you wanted to share knowing that uh, we were doing this interview that we haven't covered um, anything burning? No, right now, uh, all our parliamentaries uh, as, uh, in the federal government or provincial government are all on break right now. So um, there are so many subjects that we could talk about, but it'd be too long for it to end the show. There's just one thing I want to mention because we talked about Poliev and you did bring up Maxime Bernier. I do think that Maxime Bernier has a lot of potential uh, as a leader. I'm not definitely not shutting him down. I would love to see his party as the official op opposition and the upcoming election. I'd love to see the leader of the NDP out of there because he's he's a fraud. He's he he is a traitor. And you know why I say that? I don't say that lightly. He went against everybody that voted for the NDP was voting for their way of thinking and what they were uh, proposing to be to do. And what did he do? He turned around and became the puppy on the leash of the liberals and let them lead. He did not represent, in my opinion, the people that voted for him. He is a very bad leader. He is. He should not represent that party. And I'm hoping he'll be gone at the next election. And wow. I'd love to see Maxime Bernier be the official opposition because I know Maxime would, would help. He'd, he'd hold Kapoliev on his toes, you know, and uh, he'd be a great, a great person to have in the, uh, the House of Commons. Absolutely. I mean, for those of us who value life, we just, <clears throat> I really admired Maxime because he was kind of pro pro-abortion and, and had voted that way in the time past. And he evolved, um, you know, partly, uh, and, and he says, you know, um, I met with him and talked about life. And as a Catholic, actually, it made a lot of sense. He was kind of going more politically incorrect, but he really kind of got it. And he said, you know, we need to be having abortion on the table because, you know, when you operate under the sovereignty of God in a nation, if we really believe it's founded there, God loves every life that gets produced. So maybe let's try to save a few babies, make adoption easier, um, help women that find themselves in a bad position, give them funds to get through the pregnancy to maybe get to adoption or help them. Um, but lots of options there. But And also to maybe have um, 
a law that would take out late-term abortion or sex selection abortion, things like this, because as of oh, now, Canada oh, has no law. And Pierre Polyev, he's, he's not even willing to touch it. So I know he doesn't care about God's heart. How do we get God's blessing in a country that murders 100,000 babies? Like, it's just simple thoughts. It's like, can't we care and have some laws? Like, we're the, one of the only countries in the world with no law for the un, unborn. Well, you see, I'll go back to what I said. Nothing says, Kapoliev said that he wanted uh, everybody in Canada to be, he was pro-choice, meaning that we could choose. We are our own person, we are independent, and we should be able to choose what we want to do with our life. That also applies, when he says that, I, I, I take that for face value, that it means that a, a woman that decides to have an abortion should have the choice, according to him, to do it. But you bring up very good points because the, what brings a woman to take that decision? As a society, there are crucial pieces missing in our system to help these people. To If you want to have a real, a truly honest choice, you have to have options. If you don't have options, it's not a choice. It is not. So if you don't have an option where you can raise this kid, kid in, an, in a good environment, and feed him properly and give him everything that this child will need. If that's not an option, you don't have that choice. So as a society, we need to look at that. And in laws, you know, maybe, uh, uh, but I would lean more on the side of education. I think that's a problem and that education can be religious. Uh, we, that's out of our schools in Quebec. There's none of that. And I don't agree with that. You know, you, you should have a right to choose your religion. I agree. But it has a place in our society. It needs to have a place. And our kids need to, at minimum, learn the basis of it, you know, understand where we come from and, and what brought us as a, a people, as a country, to where we're at, you know. And that is based, like we said earlier, on our Christian values. What's so, so bad about the Ten Commandments? Like what? Absolutely what? nothing. Whose brilliant idea was it that we just get rid of the Ten Commandments or prayer before school? My, my mom... Uh, you know, she's a Vancouverite. My family came to Canada here uh, in uh, the early 1800s. I just looked at my family tree. I have some amazing things to tell the audience one day. <laughs> but I'm true, I'm true blue Canadian, man. My family's been here for like, you know, 150 years. So uh, I love this country. But my mom, at, at in, when she was growing up, they'd start with uh, a prayer, the O Canada, uh, the, the Lord's Prayer, and the... The Ten Commandments, you know, were everywhere. And some some, some really brilliant person thought we should take all that out, you know? Well, that's the cancel culture. Yeah. You, what you're saying there, we have a small town north of where I'm living right now, about half an hour north. And it's a mostly English uh, community. It's called Shawville. And there's a school there, which is accommodates English-speaking Canadians living in the province of Quebec. So that's that's the thing. You know, we, we speak both languages. Some speak more English and French, and they go to an English school. And I was driving by, and they were outside singing the national our national anthem. And I, I, I'm not lying. I, I got choked up, and I'm like, why don't we do that? I like that. I hadn't realized what we had lost. Sometimes that's the way it goes, you know? And I'm like, where, like you said, where did it become a good idea? Who thought that was a good idea to get that out of school? You get that sense 
of you're proud when you sing our national anthem. It's a beautiful national anthem as well, and it's it it unites us as a people, and it mm -hmm. should never have been taken out of school. There's a lot of bad decisions that were taken by politicians, and this could be another subject that we could talk about more, uh, yeah. because I've looked into this, and and the bottom line is that most Canadians have a feeling of helplessness. They think, and we think, and I thought, that the politicians were superior, superior to us. I never really came down to that. You know, I just thought, oh, they're there because they're better than me. I can never do that. I'm not smart enough. I, I don't know enough. And then at some point, I realized that it wasn't true. You know, a lot of these people I talked to, and I'm like, ah, they're not, they're not, they're not geniuses, obviously, especially in the Liberal Party. <laughs> and they're, and I've got something to say, and I can actually help, and I can bring something yeah. to this. And I realize that without being somebody special by any means or a superhero, I'm not that. Just mm -hmm. being a concerned Canadian, standing up and speaking up, I can change things in our country. And we, me and you, and everybody else trying to get the word out, we are actually changing this country. So let's stop feeling powerless in front of those politicians. Let's stop letting these the wrong people get on top of that ladder and then lead us down the bad road. We need to assume our responsibilities, stand up, and take those positions. This is our country. And if you want it to go the way we think it should go, we need to step up and fill those positions. We're not doing that. We're letting the wrong people lead our country. And that is the biggest problem we're facing right now in Canada. Rob. Robert, you are amazing. Uh, you're my Canadian brother from the other side. And I, I think also this bringing together of the West and the East is so important. The people that they, they understand each other. I think that's really important that we would try to bring more of a unity instead of this built-in sort of distrust or, you know, uh, there seems to be sort of um, something that, that makes us fight. Not me, because I well, usually uh, I've been at a couple events in Quebec with, with Christians. It's a Christian event and I get standing ovations. So I don't feel it personally, but I know that there can be this bias, you know, against the the East or the, the French and the English. And I want to try to take that out. And I, I hope that we can move past it. I think oh. um, I think you're one of the people that can help that to happen. And it I means would love a that. lot. Yeah, that I would that, love that. You, you see, when we had the convoy, I had people from Quebec, hardline Quebecers with their Quebec flags, and it, it, it relate to me because I'm, I'm French. So they talked to me, and, and then at some point, I, I, I'd love to, and I believe in freedom of expression. So as long as it's respectful towards our values in the country, so they come up and they don't have, they have the Quebec flag, that's fine. And, and some people had the Ontario flag, and some had Alberta flag. And then he comes up to me and says, I'm a hardcore separatist. And he said, I never thought I'd like Canadians or English-speaking people, you know, but he doesn't. I have to say my mind changed today. I saw unity, I saw Canadians, and I was wrong. I was wrong, and he said, I'm changing my views on this. We are a beautiful country. There are very good people. And I've had the same comment from people out west. I met some guys from Alberta, real cowboys, you know. They, they were hardcore guys, and they're like, yeah, you stupid Quebecers. And they did laugh and make fun of us. And when he left, shook my hand and says, you know what? You guys are way tougher than we thought, and you are really hardcore Canadians. You're truly Canadians, and we are. So that division you're talking about has been fueled. And the only people that have been taken advantage of this 
is the people in charge. We are 8.7 million people in Quebec. That is close to a wow. third of the total population yeah. of Canada. If we're, we're at 40 now, we're united, at 40 million now. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we're just short of a quarter of the population of Canada yeah. Yeah. in one province. If if we're not uni united with the rest of Canada, that's a big part missing. Missing. If it is 20 percent of Canadians that are not talking to the rest of the 80 percent, that is a big problem. And the only people taking advantage of this are the ones in charge because they can divide us and can they say they can say whatever they want and they can manipulate us way easier so i agree we should be uh talking more often and sharing what's going on coast to, to coast uh, it'd be my pleasure and next time i'll have better lighting and i'll have a better set <laughs> <laughs> i don't care about your lighting and your set looks great uh you were the real gem you were the real star of this and i appreciate Appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here and for sharing and staying so long, giving us a lot of time and chatting with our sister from uh, the United States of America, who's actually Canadian, but she lives down there. Um, it, you know, we should all be drawn together. Thank you so much, Robert. Let's do this sooner than later. Um, it's Absolutely. been too long, too long to get you Absolutely. on. I, I'd love to talk to you again. Yes, and thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure, and I enjoy the opportunity to talk to other Canadians across Where can people our follow country. you? Where can people follow uh, I'm on, you? I'm on yeah. Twitter at yeah. the Robert Dario. Uh, that's it. And I'm also on Facebook with just my name, Robert Dario. You, I'll be easy to find. Uh, I only okay. post stuff in French because that was my original uh, mission, if you want to put it that way, was to uh, pass on information to the French-speaking Canadians. That's great. Uh, I'm going to be tr maybe trying this upcoming year to do both. You know, share some uh, content on in, in English for every Canadian uh, or English speaking Canadian to understand. I love it. Or, and, and you know, we can do just more and collaborate. Um, so Absolutely. I'm hoping to get a video done where I'm speaking French, actually. <laughs> it's this AI thing. Anyways, we'll see what happens. I'll be totally... Well, if you need help, let me know. I'll, I'll okay. help you. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. God bless you, Robert. Thank Take you. care. Talk God to bless you, again. you too. Hey. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, the, this what what he just talked about about the um, the French and and the you know the Western Canadians um, is so true and and what an absolute blessing that we saw clearly in the the convoy where we all came together and I remember I couldn't necessarily understand too clearly some of the you know the ones that were carrying the Quebec flags and and all of that but we were united for a cause and the differences in the pain in Canada was bringing us all together and that was a beautiful thing before I go the Iowa uh, Republican Iowa caucus was held last night Donald Trump won uh, with a record margin this is the highest level uh, that they have ever ever seen and so Donald Trump is sitting you know setting himself up Th this is amazing and I and I heard that even new voters there was like um, over 50% of new voters that never voted before were coming in because of Donald J. Trump. You guys, we got something crazy good that's happening, but it is going to be the fight of the Americans' lives. I believe that. I don't think this is going to be easy. I think that people will want to kill him. People, you know, they'll want a civil war before they have Donald Trump go in. But he's looking to come back, and you guys know I'm a big fan of Donald Trump, and that's because uh, he's he is one of the finest. Uh, he had peace there. He had things going well in uh, the United States. He did not have wars. Everything that they said Donald Trump would do, they actually did under Biden. 
a Democratic, getting into war and all kinds of things. Now, on MSNBC, the expected meltdown um, after last night did take place. Take a look. The big picture takeaway from that, and I don't mean to be, again, too dark, as you said, on this, but it is not... If we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. If we're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government, the leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. Mm -hmm. But people wanting that Correct. is a yeah. much mm -hmm. bigger part mm -hmm. of that That's equation. Right. And the American electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism on the ultra-right for a very long time. They've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before. And I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leaders interchangeable. And yes, Trumpism is sometimes what we call it. Mm -hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is an authoritarian mm -hmm. movement inside yes. Republican politics that isn't being bamboozled by Trump. Mm -hmm. They are pushing Trump That's to yeah. get more and more right. extreme because the more extreme things he says, the more they, the like more they adhere and to him. Yeah. And, and that is coming from a very large proportion of the American right that adheres to the Republican Party. And that's why this is a Republican Party problem more than it is the problem mm -hmm. of one man and his leadership. <laughs> I just love it. It's so ridiculous. Oh, he's the authoritarian. Okay, after Biden's come in, forced all the mandates, uh, everything that, that actually happened, um, and, and then has opened the border, you don't think that that's radical to just allow millions of undocumented illegal people across your border? You think that's okay? Uh, he's been all for, you know, uh, taking down the, um, the police officers right defund the police all all for black lives matter letting them just you know run like hellions across the country burning things down so so that's that's the uh you know the the guy that you think is not you know the dictator i mean absolutely insane Biden and them have weaponized the DOJ. They've weaponized the FBI and the CIA. They're still going after the J6ers like crazy um you know arresting them, um, swatting them, SWAT team showing up at 6 a.m. You know, because why? Because they stumbled through. And as we're seeing, I hope that you'll go to Tucker Carlson and you'll see this incredible one-hour documentary on what truly happened that day. And this is through thousands of hours of, of extra video because everyone was videoing that day. But of course, they don't want you to see it and they take it down on YouTube or whatever. But when you really see what took place. Uh, Tucker Carlson probably got that guy out of jail. Um, uh, his name is, um, you know, he wears, what is it? Jacob Chanley, Jacob Chanley um, wearing the big horns and everything. But this guy basically escorted like, doo, 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 you know, through, through the, uh, uh, the Capitol by police trying to find an exit door. You know, he went in there, he prayed. He was a godly man. He prayed in there. And he, he probably shouldn't have gone up and, you know, gotten behind the, the big thing. But it was total chaos and pandemonium. They're like, you know, it's it's uh, Bernie's day out or whatever. Um, I'm not saying that's right. I hope I wouldn't have done anything like that if I'm there. But, man, I had wanted to go to, to that. I could have been in just so much trouble. JT did not want me to go. And sometimes I listen to my husband, and that was a good time where I didn't head down because, yeah, the one time yeah, I saw that. Um, so, so January 10th, when I saw it coming, I thought, wow, you know, this is the final speech. Biden's going in. Trump is going to be there. Wouldn't it be neat? You know, I'll put on my 
cold uh, clothes and, and get down there and, you know, I don't know, represent. And I'm glad that I didn't because if I would have seen all these people, uh, the police, you know, giving you a bump as you walk in and all these patriots thanking the police, little prayer groups, actually you could see this, uh, little prayer groups that were happening, like praying for the United States of America at this hour because they were convening with uh, Mike Pence to decide if they were going to do sort of a, a, you know, a reset on what happened in the election because Mike Pence had the opportunity to do that and he never took it and ever since then I just think he's a schmuck and I will never, ever do the honor of shaking that man's hand. And I know I'll probably never be near him, so it won't be a problem, but I, I just can't stand him. Um, he, he was a coward in, at a very important hour. But when you see what actually took place there, then you go, well, you know, what else? Um, I'm glad I wasn't there because I would have been probably like trying to get in filming. Oh, isn't this neat? You know, it's Nancy Pelosi's office. And here's the thing, Nancy Pelosi's office, like it's not labeled. So nobody would know that it's Nancy Pelosi's office unless someone from the inside, you know, said so. And they will not, they will not answer the questions in the, in the Senate hearing about how many CIA people were undercover dressed as Trumpians. And, and the, they even asked this question very specifically, were the CIA operatives um, dressed, you know, with the MAGA hats and all of that inside the Capitol before people came in? They will not answer that. So the infiltration, uh, the fact that uh, Ray Epps is it, that guy, that he was kind of pushing everyone to do things that they didn't want to do. I, you know what, I think it's a problem. I really do, I think they're a problem. And, um, Okay, so MSNBC's uh, Joy Reid um, plays the race card with Nikki Haley as well. Take a look. I mean, it, it's the elephant in the room. She's still a brown lady that's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant and which accepts the notion that you can say immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. She's getting, you know, birthered by Donald Trump. Um, and I don't go, care how much the donor class likes her, which will yeah. ramp up a lot, the better yeah. she does in New yes. Hampshire. So it's still a challenge. I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party with Donald Trump still around. I can't picture it happening. Maybe it could happen. Ron DeSantis's only argument for staying in it is he's the white guy that he can still make the appeal to white people. <laughs> you know what? It's nothing to do with race. Uh, I hope that, uh, you know, that Trump is shown. I know that I remember hearing these people that had worked for Donald Trump saying, just singing his praise and how kind he'd been. They had been Latino people, how kind he'd been. Donald Trump gave more money to the African-American community than Obama ever did. Donald Trump stood up for the African-Americans. He is not a racist. Like all of this is just blazing lies. So Nikki Haley, I just had to ask JT about this, but apparently she's uh, Indian. Yeah, so Nikki Haley to me looks like a white woman. So when they're talking about her being... You know, like it's not about our color, it's about our character. It's about character. When will we get that right? Um, so sad day for socialists in Alberta as NDP leader Rachel Notley is stepping down. Oh, I just Having considered that. what I believe to be the best interests of our party, yes, our caucus, it is the best as well as my own preferences, yeah. I'm here today to announce that I will not be leading Alberta's NDP into the next election. Oh. I have informed both the senior officers of Alberta's NDP, as well as my caucus and staff, that upon the selection of a new leader, I will be stepping down from that role. Bye-bye. We'll miss ya. 
you've been an absolute train wreck. You really have. So good riddance. All right. Uh, can we do this Blaze Journalist then, JT? Uh, let's do it. Yeah. Blaze Journalist Steve uh, Baker has been notified by the DOJ that he will be charged for covering the January 6th protest, but there is something that they will not tell him. Steve Baker, who we are, I don't say this, you know, happily, Steve, I don't mean to make this sound like it's a, something we're all excited about, but somebody that uh, is, I expected to be in jail already, uh, and we're expecting that you may not uh, last the month before you're arrested um, by the FBI. Any updates on that? The only update we have was given to my attorney between the week of Christmas and January 1st, and that was a conversation he had with the new U.S. attorney that has my case. And that new U.S. attorney told him that now they have moved my self-surrender date back to mid-January and that they would give me seven to ten days notice because they have, I will tell you, for two years they've respected my travel schedule and uh, have at least uh, shown that kind of courtesy. But um, it's the middle of the month now, and we still haven't heard back from them yet. Now, they did tell my attorney at the time when he asked, well, can you just let us know what the charges are going to be? And the, the AUSA said, um, no, we're not going to tell you. Well, why is that? And I, I kid you not, Glenn, the U.S. attorney told my attorney that they won't tell me what my charges are or what I'm facing because they said I will tweet it out immediately. Well... <laughs> Yeah, so what's the problem with that? I'm um, not exactly sure. <laughs> so isn't that interesting? Um, so literally, everyone, this is what they're doing, is they're still arresting people that were involved with January 6th. And quite literally, I, I know if, if this had happened, I bet you, you know, if I was in trouble, if I'd been there, can you imagine Trudeau would be extraditing me? Right. Three years ago. Three years ago now, this, this happened, January 6th. And... And these people um, are just living in fear. Um, I'd be extradited, right, if I'd have gone. I mean, for sure, like, uh, you know, Trudeau, <laughs> you'd be hosting. <laughs> um, so Trudeau would, would, you know, definitely send his, uh, the RCMP out, you know, to uh, come and arrest me and take me down there, I bet you anything. Um, it's very sad, and don't please don't forget the political prisoners. Um, Chris was denied, Cathbert or something, uh, but he was denied bail yesterday. This is our political prisoners here in Canada. Uh, they've been arrested, and they are saying that they're innocent, and they've been in jail now close to 700 days or maybe over 700 days. Uh, thanks to Granny Mackay, we know a lot about them, and we just appreciate everyone standing with them, sending them letters when you can. Very important that we pray for uh, these guys. Um, two of them, having done these um, these Bible studies that were the longest-running Bible studies in the you know the facilities that they were in, and so really wonderful. I want to, you to know something else too is that uh, Alberta is having an event with Tucker Carlson. Oh, ho, ho, I hope you're getting your tickets. From what I understand, um, Calgary's already sold out, but you can get tickets in Edmonton. So, everybody, uh, if you'd like to see Tucker Carlson, you can get tickets. Um, and you need to get there right away because I have a feeling this is going to get sold out pretty fast as well. And I think that we have somebody on tomorrow maybe 
who's going to uh, be giving us the lowdown on the entire event and letting us know uh, about ticketing and all of that. But to actually see Tucker Carlson in Canada live, I think this is one of the greatest things. I'm so, uh, I'm thrilled that, I mean, I don't truly understand the, you know, did uh, the premier have something to do with this? I, I don't know. Like, did she bring him in? Or is she just one of the people speaking? Um, anyways, we're going to get the down low on that. And the biggest thing to actually see Tucker Carlson live in our own cities, Calgary and Edmonton. If you haven't heard about this, right there, takingbackalberta.ca. That is where you can get your tickets. Um, <clears throat> if they're still available, I would move quickly on that, takingbackalberta.ca. But hey, don't leave yet. Uh, my website is laurelin.tv. I appreciate you, love you, thank you very much. Um, when you help us to do this show, you are helping this kind of information to get out, this kind of dialogue, this kind of important assessing and discernment of what's going on in Canada, and it means the world to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you have done in supporting us. We appreciate it. If you're able to become a monthly partner, that would mean so much to us because we can begin to know that you know month by month we've got this certain amount coming in. Maybe you could stand to invest 25 or 50 bucks a month. You know, you can do as little as five. We've got we've got people investing five bucks a month. Um, what about Brighteon, uh, JT? Do you have that link or was I the one that had that link? The Brighteon link? Yeah, okay. We also need, we okay, let me just finish this part first and then I'll go to that. Um, but uh, thank you very much for those of you who will uh, support us. You can become a monthly partner. You can be an, an anonymous, uh, an, anon, an, an anonymous uh, donator. So we won't even know your name. It'd be nice if you sent us an email. I mean, if you don't want to be known on, you know, any feeds, that's fine. I don't know that these are really made public. Um, I don't think so. But uh, the if you want to be an anonymous donor, let us know so we can at least have some communication with you. That would be a real blessing. And if you're able to send an e-transfer, if you e-transfer, you know, your kids or, you know, so-and-so in your world and you're set up for e-transfer, lauralynlive at protonmail.com. lauralynlive at protonmail.com. Super easy. You could also do it to Gmail. That's my old one and it still works. So Gmail or Proton, lauralynlive. If you could help us, means the world to us. Thank you very much. We have in a box number, P.O. Box 48184 in New Westminster, B.C., V3M0A7. And um, if you, you know, prefer to send uh, a little, you know, a card or something, uh, we love that. And if you want to, you know, send a letter to talk about the show or email me to talk about, you know, something you want to discuss um, you know, about the shows. Uh, I try to get back to as many people as I can. I really do. It's, it's a lot of emails um, that are, are there every day. So I appreciate uh, your support of everything. Um, blessed be the name of the Lord. He is good and faithful and he will get us through every little thing. Okay. That's what I'm banking on, that he is faithful and that he will, he will do this. Psalm 71 says, in you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. <clears throat> you know, sometimes it's embarrassing serving God. Because <clears throat> sometimes you have to have faith and it looks like you're ridiculous. 
<laughs> when I had faith that God had called me to actually do this, to, to do television um, first, and we're, we're trying to do television again with Daystar, and if any of you would like to be supporters of that, that would be terrific. But when God called me to be a voice, to talk about Him on the screen, which is right now on the internet, um, my, my family um, and some friends uh, used the word delusional about me, that I was delusional. <laughs> and I couldn't blame them. I had no education or, uh, you know, in the industry and I, I had no expertise or, or experience at all in doing television. So, you know, when I, I, I remember telling my mom, my faithful mom, missionary mom, you know, that uh, God's called me to television and she told me not to give up my typing skills. And so, in you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. When God gives you a dream and he tells you that he wants you to move out in something, sometimes you kind of feel stupid. Um, I don't know if that's a bit loud. It feels louder than most days, JT. But you kind of feel dumb because maybe, maybe uh, you'll have this period where it looks like you're just, you know, moving out on your own and you're kind of a crazy person and you're not really following God until God kind of shows up in the picture and he, may, he manifests everything so when my family thought I was delusional for following following God's call God had a very clear call for me one night in, in 1999 and I knew it was God because it was literally a physical manifestation of his presence and I knew that he was calling me to television but my mom you know great woman of God she said don't give up your typing skills she was not joking she just she goes oh, okay God's called you to okay dear but don't give up your typing skills you need to be per perhaps a stenographer. I don't know what a stenographer is. I, 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 I don't know what that even is, you know, but um, I know my mom wanted me to do that or something like being a teacher, something that was really safe, you know, and here she was, uh, a missionary woman who went to Africa, you know, on her own, unmarried when she was young. Sometimes when we follow God, there's an, an opportunity to look ridiculous, but pray this, let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. I live by this. He is my strong tower. He's the one who gives me strength to get through all the crazy scenarios that I'm living every day all the crazy news items that are coming to me every single day. God is my rock. He's the reason that we can have stability in the storm. He is our, our anchor. He's our anchor. And I love this one. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel, from the elites, from those who have agendas that seem to be more powerful than us. May God deliver us. May we be safe. May those who have wicked schemes be rendered useless and undone. Amen. See you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. 
Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.